Hey everyone, welcome to the BME Grad Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Grace. Today's guest is Dylan Chudasma. Dylan is a 2019 grad of the UNC and NC State Joint Biomedical Engineering Program, and he's here today to talk to us about his role as a manufacturing associate at Bluebird Bio, where he's been for the last two years since graduating. So please enjoy Dylan Chudasma. Welcome, Dylan. Thanks for agreeing to chat with us tonight. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And, you know, the BME program was good to me. And uh, it's it's nice to, you know, come back. I am a manufacturing associate at Bluebird Bio. Bluebird Bio is a gene therapy company. So they have their, basically their pipeline, basically their research and development, the process development up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. That's where headquarters is. And they're, they're, they've always been out to CMOs or contract manufacturing sites uh, to do a lot of all of their you know clinical uh, phases and be able okay. to produce for their clinical trials. Uh, and so they're they have a site as well in Seattle, which is more pipeline, and a, a site in in Europe for their Europe operations. But the Durham site here in RTP is their first manufacturing, um, so their first typical manufacturing site. Uh, okay. So that, yeah. And how many people are in your company, like uh, worldwide? Worldwide, there's over, I think, 1,300. Okay. Um, but at my site specifically, there's about 100. So a small company, um, not a lot of people. You get to know everyone, which is mm -hmm. really cool. So Dylan, a uh, quick question, and this yeah. is more for just the folks listening. Could you talk a little bit about what gene therapy means? And I know you're you're doing like drug manufacturing, but like maybe what the the form factor of it is or the delivery mechanism, like what's inside and what does it do? Yeah, sure. So uh, gene therapy, genetic engineering, it's a, it's a class I actually took at uh, UNC BME 490 with uh, Dr. Diekman, a very, very fun class. I really enjoyed it. And that's what actually got me into gene therapy. I was like, this is cool. Um, so gene therapy uh, is, I think, going to be our, our future medicine. It's really, really fun, really innovative. The idea of it is basically to have a bunch of plasmids come in, infect a cell, and then create virus. And this virus won't infect you with a, a bad protein. And instead, it will either add or change, add, edit, um, or maybe even delete, uh, if you want to, uh, a gene that you express uh, that shouldn't be expressed. Or they, it may give you a gene that you need to be expressing and give you those proteins that you do lack. So what are some examples of diseases that gene therapy might address? Or maybe for your company, um, yeah. do you have anything out on the market right now that you yeah, offer so they, drugs they for? They only have Zenteglo out on the market, which is for uh, sickle cell anemia. And basically, it's, it's for a specific type of sickle cell anemia. And the, those uh, patients who, are, who do have that disease, once they get, are given the gene therapy, they don't have to get transfusions anymore. They, you know, they can live a life free of uh, sickle cell anemia. So it's I, I work in the oncology department of my of my company, and so we primarily focus on, and our pipeline is focused on oncology and and different forms of cancer. My company uh, focuses on a small subset of patients, so they always focus on you know rare diseases those patients who, you know, maybe will lack that love from bigger, from bigger pharma. And other types of gene therapy are out there. There's gene therapy for 
diabetes, there's gene therapy for breast cancer, there's gene therapy for most cancers out there. Um, right now, currently, uh, gene therapy will be the last option in someone's cancer's treatment and a patient's cancer's treatment uh, because they want to give them radiation therapy first and then move on to, to gene therapy if that doesn't work. Just because of how new the tech is and the, the price of this new tech is going to be expensive until more people enter the market. So based on, you like mentioned a couple products in this, when you go to work every day or have different projects or whatever, do you like have a product that you see from beginning to end of like finishing it out and then shipping it off? Or do you kind of bounce around along the manufacturing line doing different jobs? Yeah, so I actually was able to set up the almost the entire process, starting from growing our cells in a cell culture, just as you would in like a flask or in lab setting, you know, on a on a dip petri disc, petri disc, and and you know, we just put in media, we grow our cells. I, so I've seen it from our cell growth all the way until fill finish. So with a, a giant filler that will fill up vials of five mils of of product um, coming out of it and put it back in the freezer. The drug that I do work on is not FDA approved yet, and so we're currently working on on getting that approved by the FDA, getting our facility to the, the point where we can be GMP, a good follow those good manufacturing practices and be able to show the FDA, hey, we can make this drug in a very safe manner. And so, yeah, I've that's also a really cool part. Um, so, lear- learning from everyone in my company, I'm definitely one of the youngest there. I'm the, I think I'm the youngest by like six years. Uh, and I was the first like college grad from them. So they had no idea what to expect from me. I had no idea what to expect from them. I was like, hey guys, <laughs> what's up? And so it's been really nice to learn that working for a startup or working for a smaller company like this um, and building from the ground up, getting your hands on the equipment, if this is something that you want to be, if you want to go into, learning what it means, learning the process will only help you in the long run. You, you you get to know what how the equipment works, you know how bioreactors work, how all of your filtration steps work, what the what it looks like, what what you know what it smells like, what it feels like, sort of thing, you know. Um, and it's it's really cool to to get that experience. So being able to see it, being able to see the cell expansion, I've been able to see like bioreactors, I've been able to see all of our downstream operations all the way through, which is which is really cool. And I'm not sure if you all know upstream, downstream, but upstream is upstream of the process. Uh, and so that means it's gef- it's generally just like cells. You got to work with cells. You can work with uh, biology. And that's where I transfect. Uh, so transfection is the, you know, the introduction of your plasmids and the hope- hopefully the successful transfection of your cells where you're actually able to get virus and they bud off of your cells. It's really cool. It's, it's really exciting to see your, you know, your little viruses come out. So Dylan, question for you. Um, it's interesting, right? A lot of a lot of folks, when they're taking their first role, they kind of come to those decisions of like, do I want to be in a big company or a, a smaller company? And I would say you're at a bit of a small, medium-sized business. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you think are some of the advantages of being at a small, medium business versus a big company? Yeah, that's a great question. I um, I talk about it with my roommate who also graduated from VME our year and works for a a larger pharma company in the area. And I tell him, I, I was like, I get this experience. I get to work in 
not only the manufacturing department where I get to you know work with the equipment every single day, but I got to see the behind the scenes, right? I got to see how the process was actually developed, the science behind the process. I'm able to pick and choose uh, where I want to work as well. I think which uh, which is super fun for a smaller company. Um, you're able to to also build uh, greater connections with a lot of different people and a lot of different departments, which I I definitely have started to realize that wow, like I actually have a you know a professional relationship with someone that and don't think I would have if I were to join a, a bigger company. But right with right with the with all those those pros of learning so much about everything, there's obviously cons and, and cons are you know, not not having a full system already vetted out for you and you being there to see, you know, what a, a grand scale manufacturing site is, right? Like that is something super cool and had <laughs> taken years and years of perfecting that science to be able to to get. You know, I would I would counter your con because though you might not have that fully like flushed out, you know, perfectly designed manufacturing facility yet. A big part of your role is is building that out. So mm-hmm. um, it's a really unique opportunity to help, especially because this is a relatively new manufacturing site and you're helping build the lines for it. You kind of get to develop one of those. So rather than just entering into one and learning the processes, you're building out those processes. And mm-hmm. I think um, just that theme of entering into established processes versus building out those processes is a big differentiator between big companies and small medium businesses so um, exactly yeah. yeah so it's kind of like you know what's your preference <laughs> right yeah what, what 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 pick your pick your voice right I would also add to that um, being at a smaller company which Dylan has said like he's been able to set up processes is it's the depth of knowledge that if you were to transfer to a bigger company or a different one it's so much more valuable because it's like you understand the process and the science behind it so much deeper than if you had come into something that was already set up and you just have to troubleshoot on it. So I think like, I think a lot of times, mm-hmm. at least my impression as an undergrad, I have, there's a lot of impression of like, you know, you can't, you can't scale up. I was told as an undergrad that you can't scale up from a small company. And as a grad, I would say that that's not true at all. Um, right. The knowledge that you get at small companies is so valuable. Um, since you're not fully FDA approved, have you been able to like be in audits or like have like FDA reps come in and do stuff and you can like interact with them? Have you been able to have that chance? Yeah, I've actually, um, so they, they know that I lack the experience in audits. And so they let me be a fly on the wall. It's difficult to, to find a company in, especially in this area right now that is going through an FDA audit because so many people are, are trying to either already have their system validated and ready to go or they're just they're just starting it is difficult the what the FDA has asked for what you have to provide the documents you have to provide in such a timely manner is is intense on it's it, there's no other words but intense and that's something super valuable for companies is if you've ever been in an audit ever seen an audit you know how to act you know how to present yourself you know how to present data in an efficient way um, rather than you know prolonging an explanation like i'm doing right now that's it's, such uh, a cool experience to have um been able to witness i don't think there's too many folks 
you know, this early in their career, they get to be a part of something like that. So that's super exciting. And uh, yeah. I'm glad, I mean, from the consumer end of things, I'm glad the FDA is scrutinizing you guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, they like, are some you. stricklers. Like, <laughs> come on, like, let's just get some product out. That's some fun. But, so, uh, yeah. um, Dylan, tell me about, I kind of know what you mean when you say, you know, you, you're building out lines and mm-hmm. setting up new machines for a manufacturing process, but could you explain that um, a little more in depth? Uh, maybe for like what would you have told yourself coming out of college how would you have explained uh, what you do on a typical day to young Dylan of 2019 right so what what it means to to build out these these manufacturing these processes is really bringing so I, I was also part of getting in a clean room established as well so I saw it go from not clean, you know, you could just wear your shoes in there and walk around, no hairnet, you know, just wearing your street clothes to a now fully vetted facility that has validated equipment. So that was also a cool little change, you know, I was like, oh, I used to wear my tennis shoes down here, but now I can't. And so I work in a, a clean room most of my days uh, where we have to gown in, we take off our watches, our jewelry, we put on safety glasses, you know, I take off these regular glasses, hairnet, beard cover, and now face masks because of of pandemic obviously um and we have our safety shoes on and we're all clean and we try to remain as clean as possible uh and so when i'm down there and with working with this equipment i'm in the beginning i was trying to see how the equipment it works um we would have our vendors who made the equipment come down and show us (laughs) and then we would try to write down as many things as we could um, but we tried to get the piece of equipment to work for us. And with that, I also, I just write, basically write instructions on how to work every single piece of equipment and how that works in into our process. Um, so that was a lot of my job was to be like, okay, I know how to do this, but how can I write this down for someone who's never seen this piece of equipment before? So just like our lab reports that we write in school, I never thought that would come in handy until now, you know, like writing for someone who's never seen a lab before. That's actually a very, very useful skill because that way you can express your ideas to someone who doesn't know what you're talking about. And so that way I've, I go in every day, I work with a piece of equipment, I troubleshoot it, I try to figure out what's, what's going right, what's going wrong, uh, and how that's going to be able to work in with our process. And if we need change the way we do something, we can quickly go ahead and change it. And so that's basically what I do is I, I get the, the piece of equipment. I make sure that one, it works through the validation. And so I'll make sure that it works. I'll qualify that piece of equipment, make sure that it works to our standards. And then I'll write instructions on how to actually use that piece of equipment for the process that we're, we have here on our site. I know my 2019 2019 Dylan would still be like, what are you saying? But that's that's pretty much what I do. And and building that out takes takes time, takes patience, um, and something BME <laughs> teaches you pretty well. Um, the ability to troubleshoot when something goes wrong, especially, you know, with our circuits, we know that for a fact. You know, how do you take the systematic steps to fix that issue? Rather than just going around and switching wires, you you want to take the systematic approach of of finding that issue, understanding what the issue is, 
and then finding the root cause and, and knowing exactly what you're going to do. And I do think that's another valuable skill I took from this program. And uh, for anyone who's interested in, in working in a company like that, that's a very valuable skill to have. So expanding on that, you mm-hmm. mentioned electronics and you mentioned, I think before, lab reports that you found helpful. What mm-hmm. other skills uh, that you got from BME or courses that you found helpful? What kind of stuff from the program did you find very helpful that gave you a leg up when you entered this role? Yeah, I. so I don't really use a lot of, I, I will use system signals, right? Like I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll do Fourier transforms, which is not fun. You know, it's not cool. And I'm really upset that I have to do that. But in the beginnings, uh, in the beginning, I did have to. Um, and especially if you're more in the automation realm, you'll have to do a little bit more of that. I was just, you know, I found out that not a lot of people knew how to do it. So I had to step in and do it. And then people were like, oh, cool. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, so funny. I've never heard anyone say that they actually do that in real life. Yeah, I actually That's had to hilarious. do a couple in real life. Like our mod bus, it was messed up and I, we had to like figure out what signal it needed. And so we had to do a transform on it. So that was, that was I was like, I never thought I was going to do this ever again. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're like, I did that class already. Now yeah, I'm touch that again. Exactly. That's hilarious. Oh yeah, my so I was like, oh. I had to like bring out my textbook. I was like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that the skills that I learned in BME really just came from, I think in general, just our classes. I, I don't take anything specifically from our classes just because, uh, the pharmaceutical world and, and pharma is something that our BME, when I was in BME, wasn't something that it catered to, uh, wasn't something that we were really introduced to. Um, and so what I do take from the entire program though, is, is what I've been talking about, the idea of of troubleshooting the idea of being able to think quickly, the idea of the systematic approach to everything, you know, thinking as an engineer. I think the program really gives you a good idea of that. And then obviously programming is going to help you in all aspects of life and, and knowing how how logic works, how code works, I think is a very valuable skill. And you may, I, I, some people don't like it. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan. I think it's fun sometimes. But I think it's a, a valuable skill to to understand how that logic works because that is something that I do. I work with a different programming uh, softwares. Uh, they're called Unicorn and uh, MFCS, as some of you, as you two may know of. Uh, and writing those aren't very complex, but knowing how logic works and knowing what you need to set up first, I think, is something that I took from a program. I'm grateful for you know forcing me to take CompSci when I was uh, in BME. What was that system? Uh, what was that? What we'd have to write for Goldberg? What was that called? LabVIEW Lab is what it was called. So MFCS is about, uh, like a, a control system. And it's the exact same as LabVIEW. Like I just take little images and I put it over there and I just connect. And so, yeah, actually, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so that is a skill that I take with me from BME. A very specific skill. I, I know how to put icons and create code with images, which is cool and something that you you know I was able to quickly learn and, and transition to and understand and be able to write and edit and, and see how it goes. And so not only do I work with just the instructions, but I'm also able to, you know, write the code, understand the, the programming behind how 
all of the automation works and how I could write the automation for it. Awesome. Dylan, I have two more questions for you. What would be the next promotion? And like, what would like five years out look like for somebody following the track you're on? Yeah. Uh, so promotion wise, right. uh, in the manufacturing department itself, we'll start manufacturing associate one, two, three, four, and five. Uh, there's five levels. I don't know. It, it could be four at other companies. Depends on their structure. There's definitely, there's more than three most most places. And then after that, you can take leadership roles. You can be in management. Um, you can work in, in management. You can be a supervisor and then work your way up to manager. So that's a, a path that people go down. There's also roles called manufacturing specialists, which is also another role that people bought off into. Uh, manufacturing specialists are people who handle the technical writing, the technical documents. They're the ones who are responsible for, when in an established company, are responsible for um, making sure that all the documents that, you know, all the instructions that we wrote are always up to date and always, you know, working. They'll handle any any sort of deviations. Um, and so a devi I don't, I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with the, a deviation, um, but the deviation is when you deviate from the process. So these these instructions are set, you know, they're, they're validated. They, they cannot be changed. And if you do something that's not in the instructions, uh, it's a deviation. It's a, a pretty big deal. Um, and so manufacturing specialists is also another role that you can go into um, that is part of the manufacturing world. Um, in the manufacturing department itself. We call, our manufacturing specialists are called um, MTO, man, uh, Manufacturing Technical Operations. So they do the BPR, um, the batch, mm -hmm. yeah, the basically the instructions for every batch of product that comes in, they write out like line by line what should happen and like for what piece of equipment kind of a thing. Um, so it's like, I think it's a little different in the naming depending on the company, but it's like you can kind of tell which one's which. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, and so that's sort of the the path for for someone who is in the more traditional company, um, or even in this company who want to stay in manufacturing. I I am seeking process engineer roles. That's something that my company knows, and that's something that um, I'm able to quickly transition to and and be able to excel at because of where I started. Is there anything that you wish you knew? before going into this role that you were like, oh, that would have been so helpful? Or is it just kind of like general learning on the job? Hmm. I wish I knew more about how pharmaceutical companies worked. I wish I knew a lot more about what manufacturing meant. I had no idea what a pharmaceutical company even did. You know, I was like, they make drugs. Cool. How, how, <laughs> how do they do that? How does the FDA regulate that? We, thankfully, we learned about FDA regulations and uh, how strict they are in medical devices. Um, but learning that and, and learning what it means to, you know, manufacture, I think is something I really wish I knew beforehand. And knowing what man, a manufacturing process is. And I wish I paid a little bit more attention to Professor McDonald's um, biotech class. But uh, 
<laughs> it's it's all right. <laughs> it's so funny you say that. Um, the first week I started my job, I actually went back to my notes because you know, do you remember how he had that like PowerPoint diagram of the different kinds of bioreactors mm-hmm. of like yeah. how the different ones work? I actually went back and referenced that. And oh was, wow! And I was like, oh, I do wish I had paid more attention in that class. Yeah, that's something I do wish I did. A little bit more biotech in school would have been helpful. Dylan, thanks for sharing your world with us for for a couple minutes tonight. I really appreciate your time on this. Awesome. Well, uh, let's, we'll wrap up there. Thanks, everyone. The BME Grad Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For more information on the BME Grad Podcast, visit bme.unc.edu. Right now, you can find that information under the News and Events tab. If you can, please subscribe or follow and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.